Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Flexible Dieting Podcast. I am Kevin Brunacini here with newly minted registered dietitian, Austin Kiergaard, congrats, and Dr. Joe Komzeski. And today we're going to talk about primary hypertension. Wow, sounds so boring because it is. Um, but <laughs> as, <laughs> as it's very colloquially known as in the medical community, hypertension, primary hypertension especially is known as the silent killer because symptoms don't generally manifest until later stages where it's rather severe and therefore symptoms or target organ damage has already started to occur of which it's quite complicated to to reverse or and or get under control so um want to take this episode and probably take first few one to two minutes just to talk about what hypertension is what what is it, what's the definition what's the risk and maybe diagnosis or just at least the numbers to be uh, referencing and then go into some modifiable things and throw some questions to you regarding those modifiable lifestyle modifications so um, as I said, primary hypertension, there is primary and then there's secondary, but primary is going to be of of idiopathic cause. So there's no other reason or secondary issue causing the hypertension. There's no cancer that's causing the hypertension or high blood pressure. But to start even more simply, hypertension is just a persistent pressure elevation in the arteries or cardiovascular system. And the importance of this is the risk that it plays long-term. Um, there's stroke stroke risk, coronary artery, coronary artery disease, heart failure, AFib, vision loss, chronic kidney disease, dementia, a lot of, lot of things that can be maybe nebulous, but um, a huge significant contributing factor if uncontrolled and or just severe enough, uh, chronically enough that you're going to see target organ issues affect these uh, and have symptoms and disease, disease states uh, manifest eventually. Um, but uh, the big contributing variables in terms of some are modifiable, some are non, non-modifiable, meaning we can change it. Some other things we can't change. So examples of that would be age. We obviously can't change that. We can't change our race, but there is a risk for those that are uh, a black ethnicity. They have a higher risk of hypertension. Age, obviously, it's going to increase. Um, there's genetics, so family history of of early diagnosis of hypertension. Um, but more modifiable things and things that we'll be focusing on are going to be sedentary activity levels, smoking, salt intake, alcohol, st- stress, um, pregnancy, if you will, if you want to say that. I mean, it is controlled, but uh, or modifiable, but uh, pregnancy is a risk as well. Um, but very lastly, on some of the technicalities of hypertension is just some of the cutoffs, um, depending on which organization you're following, or at least from a medical standpoint, what you're using for the cutoffs for blood pressure. Um, what is considered the new normal is less than 120 and less than 80 systolic and diastolic. So top number, bottom number, um, that is what's considered normal when it hits above 120 or 80, then you get elevated or prehypertension above 130 or one or above 80, then hypertension one, above 140 or 90, hypertension of class two, and anything well above that, then it's a potential urgency or crisis of which that's a whole different topic. But um, 
just I think what's more important just the cutoff less than 120 and 80 is the is the goal it used to be 120 or 80 but now it's a combination of both it's very important to distinguish that and to have that be a goal otherwise if blood pressure is a diagnosis then depending on what organization 130 over 80 or one uh 130 over 90 can be that new cutoff if you will within that different risk depends on can determine what is the new cutoff but that's irrelevant to here but uh just want to make that point so the references are clear but moving on to to more tangible things and involving you you two now is uh we know medications are obviously a huge factor towards controlling anything is probably the biggest but there are very powerful modifiable lifestyle modifications that can go into controlling and or uh, depending on how early hypertension is caught can be completely reversed with modifiable risk factors or modifiable modifications. So um, I'll throw it to you, Austin. This would be nutritionally speaking. What are general recommendations for someone with hypertension? Ignore what class or stage at this point, but um, you know, what do clients need to pay attention to when it comes to controlling or I don't want to say controlling, but um, improving their hypertension or high blood pressure with nutrition choices. So <clears throat> looking at the dietary intake, right? Looking at the, what does their dietary habits look like? Is it high alcohol? Is there high sodium, high salty foods, a lot of high processed foods? Um, me with the fitness side of things too, I also look like, I just like to ask them, are you are you moving? Are you physically active? Cause we know that like, like athletes, people that work out quite a bit with their sweat loss and stuff, they typically can have a little bit of a higher sodium intake, um, because they are losing some of that stuff. But at the same time, that's not who we're talking about right now. We're talking about, you know, someone that maybe is wanting to start to make these lifestyle changes. Somebody that's, you know, Hey, how can I fix my hypertension to your point? So I like to to look at like a dietary recall, like I might do like a 24 hour food log or a 48 hour food log, see kind of what they're eating, ask them if this is typical, if this is normal. Um, and then we just, we have a conversation, you know, can we alternate some of these things that are less processed and maybe less in sodium? Can we cut back the drinking and just swap to more water? Um, can we get moving? Can we get walking? Can we get you doing some exercise? You know, and again, some of that does vary on how high up the, the stage of hypertension, you know what I mean? Um, if it's, you know, at that stage two, they are probably already put on blood pressure medications, you know, even stage one, probably on a blood pressure medication. But, you know, I have worked with people who over time, because we got them to switch up their food sources and their lifestyle and exercise, they were able to get off of that blood pressure medication because I don't know anybody I have not yet met anybody that wants to be on blood pressure medication for the rest of their life. Um, because, you know, the first thing for hypertension that we talk about is, is you know, it's lifestyle factors. We can, you know, and, and I know Joe talked about this in another thing, like when we talked about inflammation, like there are so many things that we can actually control to minimize hypertension or inflammation or what have you. So I like to take that approach. I like to, you know, do a food recall, you know, whether it's a day or two or a, or a food journal, if you will. And I like to ask them if it's normal, we go through some steps, we have some collaborative discussions we try to come up with, and then we we take the plan of action, right? And then we monitor it, do the check-ins, do the follow-ups. How are you, how are you implementing these things? What are you learning from this? Are you doing it? Are you doing it? And then, you know, we get the lab values checked out to see if we're trending in the right direction. 
Um, I would like to add note to this and then I'll, I'll, I'll kick it back over to you, Kevin, is there are people too that do exercise and they try to eat well and they go in and they get their blood pressure red and it just, it's just naturally, you know, high, you know, there's that white coat type of a syndrome. So I think that that, that's probably not a majority of who's listening to this, but that is an actual thing that does happen where people are trying to do everything they can. They just, every time they get that cuff on their arm, it, you know, for whatever reason, it just kind of jacks up a little bit higher than that that 120 over 80 or just don't, you know what I mean? So um, I think keeping that into context, you know, like if you're really looking at your lifestyle factors and what you're eating, what you're doing, and you know, that also needs to be taken into account, but I'm going to throw it back to you. Um, yeah. Thanks Austin. I'm glad you prefaced that because clearly when it comes to blood pressure, just like a lot of other chronic diseases, there's, there's context and therefore the importance of testing and how that goes into the weight of a diagnosis. So you know, just by being 121 over 79 one time, me, you're going to shrug it off, especially if everything else for the most part is healthy, all considering. So it's just, if there's a persistence and consistent elevation in one's blood pressure, you know, we use at least three measurements across six months for a formal diagnosis, but nonetheless, you know, there's that context always consider. So I don't want anyone to necessarily panic if they're one point over it's very contextual because and a lot of reasons that go into blood pressure, but um, I'm glad you preface that, but, but uh, nonetheless, the, I'd like to throw it to you as well, Joe, for the same question, just nutritionally speaking, but um, I do have specific notes on that, that otherwise supplement what Austin has said, but um, I want to throw it to you in the event that you say it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, uh, it's a slow process and it's multifaceted. So, I don't necessarily say, hey, you know, our target is to reduce your blood pressure. As you're losing weight, you're taking just volume pressure out of your body from a physics perspective. Uh, One of my clients, I've mentioned this every once in a while because it was so amazing to me. Client comes in and gives me his labs that he had the week before. Brand new client, first time I've seen him, and his triglycerides were 900. And in one month, just from exercising every single day, staggering intensity, just some days walking, some days training harder, progressively, obviously not too hard. And, you know, being in a calorie deficit, he got them retested 30 days later and they were 90 from 900 to 90. Talk about reducing blood pressure. Um, so, it, you know, just start doing all the things right. Austin mentioned this. We're going to get you moving. We're going to get you exercising. Let's reduce sodium. Let's pull out you know, as much processed food as we can. Let's get rid of saturated fat. And, and your body is going to go through an autolytic process of just reducing so many factors that eliminate blood pressure that it's going to help. And any amount of pressure you can take off of those really sensitive blood vessels in your eyes, in your brain, in your heart – that is fortifying your life. I really feel like every time I get somebody who is super sedentary, over 50 and overweight, when I look at them in my office, I think this is a person who could have a heart attack today. This is a person who could have a stroke today. You know, they are doing real damage every second they're living in this status. Let's get moving. Like, let's get all of the things we can subtly moving in the right direction. And that's going to have amazing compounding effects. So, and I'll I'll save those more tangible nutrition things towards the end as a wrap up, but I'll I'll segue into exercise. Um, <clears throat> we clearly know the benefits of exercise towards blood pressure reduction. Um, I found uh, 
you can see as much as 11, 11 points in Mercury drop for systolic, so the top number, and five for the bottom number, just by you know vigorous exercise a couple of days a week. Nothing else that you know. Of course, adding more would compound and make it and further re- reduce it. But there's no denying the impact of what exercise can do. But question for um, question to you, Austin, and then Joe to you, Joe, is what exercise concerns would you have if you know for someone that is newly new to training with blood pressure? Are there certain exercises to be aware of or watch for or, or um, maybe avoid because of the diagnosis? Um, what are What's the best way to get them started activity-wise with, uh, uh, you know, uncontrolled diagnosis of hypertension? It's a great question. Uh, it, 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 I have to look at other factors, right? Multifactorial or whatever. Um, you know, what's, what's their BMI? Are they, are they very obese and they have a very hard time moving? And then they also have high hypertension. I mean, I can't, I can't just say, Hey, let's go start doing burpees. Right. I can't just tell someone to go do that. So, um, especially if they are at like a stage two hypertension, you know, if they, uh, really need to watch like how high their heart rate is going and things like that. Uh, I'll start off kind of, I like to do a couple tests. Like if I'm meeting with this person or if it's an online, I can even do this online. I have done this before where I might have, uh, like zoom up or whatever. And I'm watching this person do certain tests to see where their mobility is and to see where they're at. But I start very low, you know, it might just be, let's start walking as you know, we've kind of mentioned a couple times already. Um, it might be just, I want you to start going up, you know, the steps. I want you to do some walking. I want you to walk up the stairs, down the stairs. I want you to carry your laundry basket up the stairs and down the stairs to add some additional weight. Um, you know, that's like in an extreme case, if it's somebody that has been working out, but they have been recently diagnosed with hypertension, I have seen that before too. Um, then we just make sure we kind of watch their heart rate and, but I still make sure that they're lifting weights and that they're doing, you know, maybe some low impact type of cardio just to watch that heart rate. Uh, but nonetheless, like Joe mentioned, like, as long as we're doing things right, we're just doing just physical movement. You know, we have to progress in some areas and other areas we have to regress depending on the other factors of this individual. Uh, we will see that if they're doing all the things, right, the exercise, they've made the dietary changes necessary. Um, we will just see changes. I mean, I can't believe somebody went from 900 to 90 in 30 days. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily surprised because I see this in the hospital all the time. The amount of things that people could change if they just started to exercise and eat better. Uh, It's absolutely amazing because I I do talk to patients that they've, they've never even been educated in exercise in their life, or they've been like, uh, they've never had education on diabetes or hypertension. They just never had it. They didn't even know what it was. They just, I was just raised. I had to eat until my plate was completely gone. And, you know, we would go to the movies and do this. And they just, they were just raised to be very sedentary. And that's, that's, you know, there's no, there's no necessarily blame there, but it's just, they've never been taught that. So that's why I'm kind of thankful. I do do have the internet because now people can have access to this information very quickly. So they can be a little more educated on that and hopefully make those better decisions to just move and eat better. So that's a bit of a tangent. I'm throwing it back because I don't want to get off traffic. So or off topic. It's hard to do, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are thinking, putting me in the lead chair for this, but um, <laughs> on a different question though, Joe, to wrap up this segment on, uh, on high blood pressure is at what point, because I'm sure all of us have had this experience, um, and I'm sure a lot of coaches eventually will too, or inevitably, at what point is it necessary for a client to speak to their PCP or cardiologist, whomever, if there are concerns that their 
the current blood pressure med is too high of a dose. Yeah. And you know, it's certainly not something that we do as coaches. You are not putting cuffs on clients and checking blood pressure and all that. They're hopefully self-monitoring at the discretion of their doctor. Um, but yes, as they lose weight, uh, they're going to have, they're going to have a need for less. And if you're over medicated and your blood pressure is too low, you're going to feel dizzy. You're going to feel extremely tired. I had a client who was on blood pressure lowering meds for migraines, has been on them for 40 years. He's lost about 40 pounds with me. He's in the best shape of his life at 57 years old. And the doctor was reducing, reducing, reducing. And finally, I said, you know, we can't even get your heart rate up. Like, like your heart is not even being strengthened like it could. Like, do you think there's a chance you don't even need this anymore? Like, could you have either outgrown those migraines or maybe you're in such good shape now you don't need it. So he proposed that to his doctor. Doctor said, yeah, let's try it. Took him off. Not only has he not had a migraine since, he feels unbelievably better. Like now for the first time in 40 years, his heart has the full capacity to work and be strengthened. And so sometimes a blood pressure lowering medication is to your debt. You need it. If you need it, you need it. It's going to save your life. But work yourself to the point where you don't, because then you can really uh, just see the best health possible. It's, I didn't want, I didn't ask the question. It was a part two in the exercise one, but that's what was the, that was insinuation. If you're on um, beta blockers and you can't get the heart rate up, you're trying to exercise and therefore trying to get heart rate up, that's going to blunt it. So it makes that difficult. And it was going to be as kind of a side tangent of a side tangent of a question, but I'm glad you mentioned that's, it. That's what I do. I go, I go all the way off track and here we are. We made it work. So, <laughs> and we've arrived. So um, thank you both. Cause you said hypertension is a powerhouse of a diagnosis with very chronic and very real symptomology, if not controlled um, there are, and you know, hypertension compared to other, maybe other chronic conditions, this, it is fairly controlled for the most part. And I'm speaking in general terms, but it can be fairly controlled simply with modifiable modifications, whether it's exercise reduction, weight reduction, sodium intake reduction, saturated fat intake reduction, um, no smoking, et cetera. There's a lot of ways that we can reduce this um, within our control if we're willing to do it and pay that price. But um, I suppose that will end this today's episode of the Flexible Dieting Podcast. We'll hope to catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.